You are now listening to the 10 Years and Counting Podcast. Welcome to 10 Years and Counting Podcast, hosted by the Sovereign of Single. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 10 Years and Counting Podcast with your boy, Petty Roosevelt himself. You're listening to the 10 Years and Counting Podcast, your source for all the unsolicited dating advice you just can't get enough of, with your host, Tony, and great guests like me. Welcome, welcome to another episode of 10 Years and Counting. I realize this is my first episode since I've moved, and it's also going to be the first episode where I'm not interviewing someone or talking with someone. So pretty much a friend of mine gave me an idea of recording this episode, um, and yeah, it just kind of made sense. Instead of me asking someone questions, I just decided to ask friends and then Twitter um, questions about what a vasectomy, oh, not what exactly a vasectomy is, but what the vasectomy process looked like. So sort of the way I'm breaking it down is the preparation for the surgery, the actual surgery itself, and then anything that was after slash miscellaneous questions. All right, cool. So let's start off with the prep questions. The first question was, what's the preparation for this procedure? Um, I think it was pretty straightforward. I, so I guess a little bit of context. I wanted, I I knew that I didn't want kids for a while. Um, I think ever since like my early twenties, um, I remember I actually looked at Facebook, which was really interesting. I think I made a joke with my mom right before I was going to be out of her medical insurance if I can get a vasectomy. She thought that was a joke. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I guess I didn't really have like a full-on conversation with her about it. So I think she didn't think I was serious about that, which is a fair point. Um, so the preparation, I knew that I wanted to get one. I kind of looked around you know, my insurance to see where I can visit a urologist around me. Um, then when I went to the... Re- to the urologist, it was pretty straightforward. Um, I think another question here is what's the education process like and why do you think more men don't get them? Uh, the education process, I honestly did my, you know, I, I kind of just searched online. And then when I visited my urologist, they handed over a pamphlet that sort of broke down you know, any, I don't want to say an FAQ, but in a way it's kind of like an FAQ of vasectomies and things to sort of like be aware of and what exactly vasectomy is, you know, the risks and benefits of one, etc. And why do you think more men don't get them? Honestly, I don't, I mean, one, I don't think maybe men understand what a vasectomy is. So I think that's a fair point. And then two, I guess it depends on if men want kids or not, right? So if the question was more, why do you think men who don't want kids don't get them? I can't really answer that question. I think for me, the reason um, I got mine was more, one, kind of the news of, you know, the Supreme Court taking away Roe v. Wade was one of them. Two, I kind of wanted one anyways, but... I think that kind of just helped me decide I should just get one anyways, right? I don't want kids. Why deal with the possibility of having kids, right? So that, I, I don't know. I 
it's kind of hard to answer that question, but I think that's just sort of the reason why is probably misinformation or not knowing enough information about vasectomies could be part of it. Um, so yeah. Next question was, I'm hella curious what your consultation was like. What were you asked? Did you get any pushback? Did your current parental status come come up at all? Did your current or future relationship status come up at all? Were you treated like you regret the decision? Damn, that is a lot here. And I'm pretty sure the reason why all these questions are brought up is because it's probably the same questions women get if they wanted to get their tubes tied. So um, what were you asked? I think it was pretty straightforward was age. I think they asked if I was, if I had kids already was another question. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else probably popped up. Uh, okay, age, if I had kids, did I want kids, obviously, which is a dumb question, because why would I get something if I don't want kids, but that was a question anyways, um, if I understood the, you know, ramifications of a vasectomy, I didn't get any pushback at all, it was, yeah, that was a, a, a weird one, did your current parental status come up at all, I think it did, I think that's just like a fair question that it's just like a list of questions that I think urologists have to go through. Did you, um, no, I already asked that. Did your current or future relationship status come up at all? N- no. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember, but the fact that there was no pushback at all kind of made me not remember if that was a question. I, I don't know if the future one was, but I definitely think they might've, he might've asked if I was in a relationship or not. And then were you treated like you'd regret the decision not at all. I think it was a pretty, you know, straightforward conversation. So yeah, um, I don't think so at all. Definitely not. Um, but yeah, next question, basically a comparison to how fucking difficult and expensive it is to get an abortion, uh, hysterectomy and or tubal litigation. I, I mean, yeah, I know those are all really difficult and expensive, um, I will say, and I think I'll get a little bit more into this in the surgery portion, but it what and I think one of the questions was if it was covered by insurance, so I guess I'll just cover this now. It was covered by insurance the I think the total so okay, total it came out to like seventeen hundred uh the first portion, which I will explain in the surgery cost two hundred. And then the second portion cost about 1500 But yeah, I'll get into that in a bit during the surgery portion of the questions. Uh, okay, cool. Next one, because those are hard to get approval for and take a while to recover from are expensive. And it sounds like your experience was different. Yes. So there was, I think I already answered this question, but yeah, it wasn't difficult to get approval. It was... I think I went in to meet with my doctor in July and then the next available appointment was September and that was pretty much it. It was kind of weird because I had two months to think it over, which felt like a lot. I I don't know. I I guess because maybe other people, and and I think surgeries were only available on Friday. So if you think of it that way, that means it was maybe eight weeks. So that probably means he just had seven busy days or Fridays. And did it take a while? No. Um, 
and I guess I'll, I think there's a recovery question later on. So I think I'll answer it there. And then, okay, cool. Next one was how many people were involved in setting it approved? It was just me and my urologist. There was really no one else in that process at all. And how long between, oh, okay, cool. So yeah, requesting the approval, yeah, was July approval. Oh, I mean, requesting the procedure was when I went to meet with the urologist in July. And that same day or after that meeting, it was approved. Um, Obviously, I just had to get through. I think they had to go through insurance to see, obviously, how much was going to get covered. But besides that, it was pretty much approved. Okay, cool. And then I think that was it for the prep questions. Oh, and then I think this is part of the, and it was really interesting because when I was going through my informed consent information, it was really interesting because um, (laughs) there was the list of benefits, which was, you know, I will prevent women from getting pregnant. That was it. The risks were legit, like, 20 of them, which is like, what the fuck? (laughs) I, yeah, it was, and then the alternatives was using condoms during sex, sex, which I used previously anyways, Um, abstinence, and then various forms of female birth control. But the risks, I guess I'll break them down because it was a bit crazy when I first read these. So, like, one of them is, like, bleeding uh one the next one was blood and ejaculation which i'm not gonna lie i was legitimately scared of not i mean not really i guess like it was just like crazy like i i I thought like that'd be not weird but i guess how i don't know but yeah that one was freaky uh pain numbness swelling um which makes sense uh swelling was another one um so so I, and I think usually people ask if it's reversible. Yes, technically speaking, but depending, and that's the thing, you can't really judge everyone's, I guess, scrotums the same way, right? Um, but yeah, change in lifestyle with psychological stresses, new, including poor sexual performance. I think that one was probably another concern when I was first reading this. Let's see. Infection of the womb. Sure. That's definitely one of them. Long-term pain, luckily none of that was needed. Um, Abnormal collection of blood in the area, that didn't happen. Pain or discomfort during sex, no. Uh, Reaction to like local anesthesia, which kind of like makes sense. Uh, Even though I didn't have any allergies, I think that was like one of the questions I was asked. Uh, I think that was about it. I'm trying to think of, and you know what's the crazy part is that there was only like a $100 cancellation fee, <laughs> which is like half the price of the procedure, which is still like insane. That's also less than, uh, what was it? One third of a Bad Bunny ticket too. And that's about it. Um, yeah. And I think concerns for, I think, well, it depends, right? It depends where you live and whatnot. But I think the only thing was, like, you can't drive when you first, like, after the surgery. That was, like, the biggest things I was told beforehand. Um, here is, like, not lifting heavy objects for the first, like, seven days. Anything greater than 15 pounds. So, like, I pretty much had to do all of my 
grocery shopping beforehand. Let's see. Definitely needed like ice packs on and off, like for about a week or so. Um, but yeah, medication was just mostly like Tylenol. I will say that they did prescribe opioids, but I didn't take them because I didn't. It wasn't that serious the first time. Second time, I definitely needed to take Tylenol because that shit was fuck. That shit hurt the second time. And yeah, and I think that's about it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of. Cool. I think I went through the prep questions. Let's see. Now let's go to the surgery questions. Um, this isn't a question. Wait, hold on. Societal stigmas that prevent men. Oh yeah. Damn. I just realized I came out twice. Uh, well, I will say a lot of people did have that question, so I tried to make sure to screen these and make sure I didn't repeat myself. But yes, they. I, I I don't get the stigma. I guess maybe men might feel that they're less of a man if they can't impregnate women. I don't know. Maybe I'm just spitballing out there. I have. I didn't. I guess I didn't do a survey of men and, and seeing why they wouldn't want to get one if they don't want kids next question at what point in a relationship or in the dating process do you plan on telling someone you got it done now that's a really good question because i don't know yet i guess uh i get in my dating profile i do put that i want i mean not want i don't want kids so i guess at that point that would be um I guess, a question for anyone that um, doesn't, I guess that, because this has happened previously where some women don't put if they do or don't want kids on their profile. So it's kind of like, I guess I have to figure it out based off of just bring it up in the conversation. Like, I'm not going to bring it up just randomly. That seems a bit much. Um, Yeah, I guess, hmm. I don't know. I not saying like I'm gonna hide it. I don't want to just throw that at someone. That'd be kind of weird. But um, I guess whenever, I guess either before sex or at least making sure to have the kids conversation beforehand. And if the kids conversation does come up, then I guess I would have like I, I would just like probably say it afterwards. I have not fully thought that through yet and I think it's mostly because I just haven't really dated anyone since well when I'm recording this this is legit um three weeks after so three or four weeks but yeah so yeah I I I think like around the time that either kids come up or around the time sex comes up one of the two okay pain level all right so um so the Usually, and it really depends where the urologist finds the vas deferens, which is like the little tube that gets snipped for, you know, you know, part of the procedure. Um, for me, and at least my urologist, it was really difficult to, he, it was difficult for him to find my vas deferens on both occasions. So he did find the first one. Honestly, the anesthesia just really freaked me out. I mean, that shit fucking hurt. But the crazy thing was just hearing, you know, 
you know, the urologist, like, going in there, cutting things, you know, like, sewing things. I was like, this is fucking weird because I can hear everything you're doing, but I can't see any of it. Um, so the pain, so, and then the caveat is that when he was working on the second vest difference, he couldn't find it. So I had to go back two weeks after the initial procedure to, um, so my urologist had to like put me under anesthesia, like not local anesthesia, which is like the first one, but like knock me the fuck out. So he could actually explore further to find the second vest deference. So first time around it, I did feel pain, but it wasn't crazy because like, I, I think I felt fine after three days, but I will say, I guess it was just a little difficult to walk more than anything. So I think it was just mostly, it It was just like difficult to walk. But the second time was a lot more difficult because the incision was, okay, so the first incisions were placed towards, let's just say the top of the scrotum, right? So that felt fine. It was like the second time or for this, let's just call it the, wait, was it right? Okay, the right testicle was the incision was done in the bottom so kind of think of the idea where all of your weight is being put in the bottom of that you know those stitches so that should fucking hurt a lot more i think i think i felt fine the week after so the second time around took a week i mean it still did hurt but i was already walking at that point so i think i took so I think my surgery was October. The second one was October 6th. So I think I felt fine walking outside the following Monday or Tuesday. And that's just because I started taking Tylenol because I think I was a little bit impatient just the first time around. It, I was fine walking after a day, but the second time it took a couple of days. So, so yeah, it did not hurt to pee. That was a question as well. And then, oh, I already answered this, that question, so don't worry about that. I answered the out-of-pocket and covered by insurance question. How effective is it? Ideally, it should be 100%. So, like, one of the things is, um, what day it is? Okay, so I have to give in samples on February, well, no, sorry, on January and February. And if those come back fine, then that means it 100% worked. So, like, at that point, I should be shooting blanks. And if I'm not, I guess I'd have to figure that out then. But ideally, it should be a pretty effective surgery. And then the recovery time and side effects. Um, Okay, I think I already went through that. I don't know. You know what? I do not know if there's any side effects. I have shit. All right, I did not do as much research. I do not have that, but yeah. Okay, I do not have an answer for that. I should ask my urologist, but I'm fine. So I guess I guess it depends on the person too. Okay, and then the after questions. Uh, I guess my number one question would be why they decided. Okay, no, I already did that. Um, I think my decision would have changed if it was like yes part of getting it was knowing that it was it is reversible but 
even if it wasn't reversible, I definitely would have gotten it anyways. I know I don't want kids, so it's just something I was going to do anyways. And then, oh, okay. And I forgot who asked me this question, but on vasectomies, I would ask if they feel like their ejaculate is weaker and if that impacts the manly feeling post-coitus. I don't think so. I should have waited a bit longer before answering this question or recording this podcast, but I don't think it does. I mean, at the end of the day, you still can ejaculate. So I I, I don't know if that makes any difference. The only difference between pre and post, you know, I guess ejaculation is just one will get someone pregnant, the other one doesn't. I don't know. And then let's see, I read the recovery questions. I think these are the last questions I have. Um, Does any of my family members know? No, I don't think so. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not up to them to make that decision, which is kind of like interesting just because I'm an only child. So it's that thing where should have, uh, you know, should I have like maybe, I, I, I thought about this and I realized I didn't do this, but I was thinking, should I have like frozen some of them that way in case, I don't know. I don't want to pull out the cannon, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think that really like matters. Uh, I don't have any regrets. I'm not going to lie when I was getting, and it was really interesting. I feel like this, I don't think this was pushback, but I remember someone, uh, one of the doctors when I went, when or nurses, when I was going for the second portion of the vasectomy was asking, what was, what was their question? Oh, they were like, hey, so, you know, are you like fine with this? You know, knowing that, you know, it's not, you know, it's permanent in a way. I was like, um, yeah, I already had done this one time already, just finishing up the job. So that was, I think that was the only time I kind of thought through it a little bit deeper, but I don't think it was more towards regret. And would you do anything differently if you had to do it over? I don't know. I, I think I probably would have gotten it sooner if I had, you know, um, I guess I had money saved, so, like, for me, it was fine spending. Like, I I think I would have done it anyways, but I think knowing that I just make more money now makes it easier than I was when I was younger. So I think it just made more sense to do it now because I had enough money saved and I earn more, which is easier, where I don't think I would have... I, yeah, I just did not do a good job of saving money in my 20s, if I'm being honest. So no way I would have been able to. Okay, if it was 200, I think I would have been fine. But the 1700 total would have required some more, you know, adjustments financially. So yeah. And I'm trying to think if there was any other questions. I don't think so. Um, but yeah. So So yeah, so this is... I guess I wanted to keep this somewhat short because it's kind of more difficult to read, you know, one, I kind of feel weird talking about myself. I mean, I'm an only child, but that's, you know, you know, hearsay, but, but yeah. And I guess usually most people that I know listen to this. So I guess if there's any other questions that pop up, let me know. And yeah. So thanks for listening to this 
probably the shortest episode I've ever recorded and the only episode ever recorded where it wasn't a interview. So hope you enjoy. If you have any questions, by all means, reach out. As you just keep up, there's more content coming from 10 Years Accounting. Support Tony, donate. I know there's like a donate link somewhere in there. We're gonna just like a little, imagine a flashing bubble. It's a link in his thing. Have a good day. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna use this for the ending of my podcast now.